It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, I think it's time to revisit the Siakam trade. And how about this? Is Matthew Hennessy and Matt Bergeron really ready for a competition? And last but not least, and for the culture, Kevin Hart is out here making moves again. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1 your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day 1 is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in 10 minutes, I think Matt Hennessy will have something to say about that left guard spot. But first, I have to tell you, about what's going on with the Atlanta Hawks, right? You know, that they, they re-signed uh, DeJounte Murray. And right around that time before they signed DeJounte Murray, Murray was in the conversations with, you know, Pascal Siakam and if the Hawks were going to trade DeJounte Murray. Now, that's not necessarily the case, right? Because and, and when Tanisha and I had that conversation, I was really in a space where I really feel like I did not want to have – DeJounte Murray involved in that conversation I did not want DeJounte Murray to be traded away because I wanted to see what the best free agent acquisition in the Hawks offseason Quinn Snyder that's who that is yes he's the best acquisition of the guy who's going to upgrade this team I wanted to see what he can do with Trey Young and DeJounte Murray in that backcourt right I wanted to see what that development looks like on that end so Tanisha and I discussed it I was like okay I'm not really intrigued by that but now that DeJounte Murray has been locked up we know that he's not in those conversations DeJounte Murray knows he's going to be around for the foreseeable future at least for the next five years because they that's where his contract says and and barring any ridiculousness happening in between those time periods DJ is going to be here now things have changed though because when you think about the situation that uh, Pascal Siakam is in. It kind of reminds me of, hmm, I know y'all going to really try to get on me about this, but I don't care. Here's the thing. There's some similarities here. Y'all remember Kawhi Leonard? You know, back in 2018 when, you know, things weren't on the on, on the. On the look, on the up and up with he and Pop and and Kawhi Leonard wanted out and you know all of this load management and all this stuff and everybody was trying to figure out where he was going to go and lo and behold here come the Toronto Raptors they make the move to trade for Kawhi Leonard and bring him in and they didn't have any type of guarantee that he was going to resign as a matter of fact. I remember pretty vividly that Kawhi Leonard Kemp, everybody, all the insiders were saying that he wasn't going to resign with them. But you know what? Masai Jiri, he decided to say, you know what? I don't give a damn. 
I'm going to go. I'm trying to win a championship. So I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to put push all my chips in and say, you know what? We're going to figure this bad boy out. And we're going to go out here and try to be a contender in the Eastern Conference. Does that sound familiar to you at all? That Especially the last part. They're going to do everything they possibly can to be a contender in the Eastern Conference. Because obviously there's no guarantee that they were going to win the championship that year by trading for Kawhi Leonard. But Messiah Jerry said, you know what? Given the makeup of my team, given how where we are in the Eastern Conference, and given what our goal and what our vision is, and in order for my goal and my vision to line up with my words, I have to make the necessary moves to be able to do that. And guess what? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking Landry Fields language because – Landry Fields, what have we heard from him in this offseason? We want to be contenders. You know, we're, 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 you know, we can go into the luxury tax. And, you know, I have permission to go ahead and do that. I've talked to Tony Wrestler, and those are some of the things that he said that I can do. I can get into that if need be, if it's a possibility to win a championship. So here's what I'm saying. Pascal Siapin got one year left on his deal, right? And we've already heard that Siakam's camp said, you know what? He's not really interested in Atlanta. And you know damn well Kawhi Leonard wasn't interested in going up to Toronto. And matter of fact, everybody we knew, we knew for a fact that he was not going to resign with them. And like I said, Masai Jiri did not have any guarantees that they were going to win a championship by making the move. So guess what? Ujiri established himself as a guy, a man of his word, he was a man of his word to say, you know what? We're going to make this deal. And here's what I'm saying today to Landry Fields. Landry Fields, you need to back up your words, man, because all us, all it just sound like a bunch of, you know, uh, 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 organizational speak right now. Because, yeah, you resigned DeJounte Murray. That's cool and all, but that's not a defining move. That's not establishing yourself as to what your vision is going to be, what is what it looks like. Because we know that the signing DeJounte Murray was kind of a continuation of what you already started before y'all pushed Travis Schlank out. Yeah, yeah, I said it. That's what it is. And that's, that's, that's what we're going to roll with. So I think now with, you know, with you having DeJounte Murray in place, you already understand what Quinn Snyder is going to do and Trey Young, or the assumption is that you're going to, Quinn Snyder is going to get that thing to work, right? Now you're in a space where, okay, you got guys like DeJounte, I mean, um, DeAndre Hunter, you have guys like Clint Capella. Are those, you can package those two guys and send them off with a couple first round picks to see if Toronto would be interested, right? Because here's the thing, Land, you got to start the conversation. I know you've been interested. All of the reports have been out there about him being interested. But I think that in order for Landry Fields to establish himself as a general manager, as a decision maker for this team, he needs to go out and make a move like this. And I think this is the perfect move. Because guess what? If he trades for Pascal Siakam, are the Hawks going to win the championship? It ain't no guarantee. Absolutely not. I'm not saying that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is he needs to make this move in order to be a contender, to be a conversation, to be a contender. Because here's the thing. You got an all-NBA player, and 
and uh and, and Trey Young you got an all defensive player, uh all star, former all star as well, and um DeJounte Murray. Those are some of the things that you can build around because we know what Trey can do once he gets into the playoffs. And imagine that pick and roll with with Trey Young and Pascal Siakam. And when Trey is out, that, that pick and roll with uh, DJ and Pascal Siakam. And, and, and Pascal Siakam is, is the guy who can play that four spot that can actually create his own shot. No shade towards John Collins, but that's what we clamored for. That's what we were. That's what we were missing. The Hawks were missing a guy who can create down low and also knock down that outside shot as well. And if you're looking at some of the numbers from Pascal Siakam, he could pass the rock as well because his numbers, from an assist standpoint, has steadily increased. Steadily increased. As a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, he had a career high in assist and average on, on in this year. So. You know that he's been able to develop his game. And we Siakam was a guy that was being talked about as from an MVP-type conversation because he had came onto the scene and, and, and done his thing. So I think that, you know, given the situation that Pascal Siakam in, I think it's very similar, very, very, very similar to the situation when you had Kawhi Leonard when he was with San, San Antonio Spurs and had one year left on his deal. And there was no guarantee that he was going to resign with any team that, you know, that traded for him. So I think Messiah Jiri kind of set the tone. He said that was a the career defining moment for for Ujiri as a general manager, because, hey, he took a chance and they ended up winning it all. And guess what? Kawhi Leonard walked after that year and went to the Los Angeles Clippers. And that's OK, because guess why? Because they won a championship. It's certainly okay for if you absolutely give us some assets without any guarantees on the other side of that, but you understand that, hey, if we bring this guy into the fold, this can potentially put us exactly where I, where we want to be and what I said that we want to be. And Landry Fields, I'm talking to you. Yes, you said that y'all want to be contenders in the Eastern Conference. You said that, hey, we can go into the luxury tax. And if uh, uh, Pascal Siakam contract does that for at least one year, you got to be okay with that. You got to be able to make that move because you're the basketball dude. Can this work? Will this work? I, the answer, my answer to that is yes. I really feel like the Pascal Siakam can, you know, uh, put the, the the Hawks in a in in, in in conversations of being contenders in the Eastern Conference because that's where you want to be. That's where you're trying to get to because those are some of the things that I really feel like the Hawks have to be in those in those places right now because. You have some young guys who are up for contracts, and 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 you got to be able to take advantage of the youth that you have on this squad, and AJ Griffin and Jalen Johnson and Oyeka Kongu, because you're gonna have some decisions to make because those guys are going into the last year of your deal. Sadiq Bay as well. Sadiq Bay, you got to figure out if you're gonna pay him. So with all those guys with their roles currently, and way this roster is currently constructed, those guys coming off the bench, you can. Take it, you need to take advantage of that by bringing a guy like Siakam in because I know that, you know, Tanisha and I, we talked about me not, I, both of us not really being interested as far as what they were talking about giving up for him. But now that DeJounte Murray is in the fold and there may be some younger assets that you may have to move on from, I'm actually pretty cool with that. So Landry Fields, hey man, it's time for you 
to do what you say you're going to do. Make these guys Eastern Conference contenders because, you know, just playing rounds and all that stuff, all that stuff is out the door. It is time out for that. But coming up next, whew, a lot of people thought that Matthew Bergeron was a shoe-in for that left guard spot. I think Matt Hennessy will have something to say about that. But first, I have to let you guys know that this episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It is the number one sportsbook in America. And guess what? You need to take your first swing, get betting on Major League Baseball on FanDuel, and get 10 times your first bet amount and bonus bets up to $200. Yes, $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to get the first home run. The Braves are money right now. They're on a 26-game home run hitting streak. That's a franchise record. So, yeah, all you got to do is just choose which one. Is it going to be Ronald Acuna? It's going to be Osley Albies? Or is it going to be Matt Olson? Take your pick. All you got to do is take your pick. And the, say, the app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. So there's no better place to go bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel, official sportsbook betting partner of Major League Baseball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. It is ATL Day 1s, and I'm Jarvis Davis. Jarvis and Tanitra, you know, no Tanitra today. She will be back tomorrow, so I know you guys are crying, crying your, uh, your cereal bowls right now, so don't do that as you're listening to me. Don't go anywhere because she will be back. I know how you guys sorely miss Tanitra. Yeah, and, you know, just drop it in the comments. You know, she reads those comments. If you miss Tanitra, go ahead and say, hey, I'm every there, and I miss you. We appreciate you guys for that. But when we talk about Matthew Bergeron, Atlanta Falcons, you know, he's a tackle out of Syracuse who was drafted to play the left guard spot. And the Falcons did exactly what they said they were going to do. And they had him in the left guard spot in the offseason. And and when you think about, you know, making that transition from different spots, I think that, you know, got a chance to talk to Matthew uh, out there. And the main thing he said that the difference in transition, because you have to maybe be able to, make quicker decisions because when you're out on that island, so to speak, at that left taco spot, you got a lot of room to work with. But once you go down into that left guard spot, it's just a couple of steps down, one gap down. It is a big difference because I know a lot of guys, if you don't know, you always hear the guys refer to phone booths. You always talking about hearing guys talking about how phone booths, you kind of work it within a phone booth. And that's exactly what it is because the space is very tight a lot of the moves that defensive linemen make down there, you have to be able to make them really quick or a quick inside move or, or in and out or something like that. You start, you see those guys really start to make those moves essentially as soon as the ball is snapped. But versus 
on the outside and defensive end spot, you see those guys have a lot of room to work with, and they have to close in though that gap soon as that ball snap with that left tackle, and you have a and left tackles have a time a lot of times have a a, a good amount of time to gather themselves. So I, I think that you know Matthew Bergeron is a guy he's going to have to fight for that spot because Arthur Smith is the type of coach that's not going to give you anything. You're not. There's nothing that you go get as a player for the Atlanta Falcons, specifically in this regime, that you haven't earned. And and you saw that because Matt, uh, Matt Hennessy was actually running with the ones. And I had a very interesting conversation with Matt Hennessy because he's a guy that I really feel like has kind of had to establish himself every year that he's been in the league. And, and he even kind of spoke to that because he was talking about how there, there's no guarantees in this thing. And when you're talking about competitions, going up against a guy like Matthew Bergeron and competing for that left guard spot, like that can happen every year. And it has happened because he was in a, a remember, I don't know if you guys remember, he was in a battle with uh, Drew Dahlman for that center spot. So all of those things come into play when you talk about, you know, the whole competition piece. You talked, you heard, Arthur Smith talk about it over and over and over again when he's talking about guys that are, you know, coming in and, and he wants those guys to compete and he wants this to be the most competitive training camp that he's had ever since he came in through that do- those doors to a couple of years ago. And, and I understand. I get it. Because, you know, Hennessy is a guy that I really feel like he's going to fight for that spot. And the competition between he and Drew Dahmer was very close. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I understood that this regime drafted Drew Dahmer, and it was he would have to be far and away better than Drew Dahmer if he was going to win that spot. And that's why, ultimately, I feel like Drew Dahmer um, solidified himself as a starter at the, at the center spot. And, and, you find, and Matt Hennessy finds himself now – finds himself now being in the space where he's going to really have to it, – it's going to be super hard for him to win his, his left guard spot. But I think this competition is going to be more so about Bergeron and being able to make that necessary adjustment because when the Falcons drafted him, I had to go back and look at the tape because I was just like, okay, yeah, he was down at the senior bowl. I was down there, but I didn't get a chance to talk to him. But when you look at Bergeron, I totally understand – why they kind of fell in love with him, right? Because he's a guy that he's, he's light on his feet. Um, I watched one, I think I watched his film against um, Notre Dame, and he was going up against a guy that that ended up going to the Saints. Uh, his names, whose who names escape me right now, but he'll probably come to him in a second. But he was really giving that guy the business, and he was another guy. One thing that I always look for offensive linemen when I'm watching film is the fact that how, 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 how often does he hit the ground? Because that kind of speaks to the balance part. And, and then Matthew Bergeron, I think maybe hit the ground maybe once for the entire game. So when you think about putting those type of things, you know, together, light on your feet, doesn't really hit the ground, you know, that means he's getting his hands on guys I mean, he's moving guys off the ball. And, and another piece that I really feel like the Falcons' offensive line is really missing as a whole, he got a little mean streak. 
Because that's one of the things that, you know, this offensive line has been missing for quite some time. I'm talking about, whew, wow, Harvey Dahl. That's the last time you can, I can really say that a guy that just really strikes fear in you from, on a Falcons offensive line, a guy that you kind of walk behind in the back alley and say, you know what? Oh, I don't want to run into him. You know, got a lot of nice guys on the line. Jake Matthews, super nice guy. You know, uh, Drew Dahlman, super nice guy. Caleb McGarry, you know, he can be a, he can be one of those guys potentially. You know, what I'm saying, depending on what type of mood he's in, um, he can be that type of guy that, that that can scare you a little bit. But I think that when the Falcons were kind of kind of pinpointing who they wanted to draft, I really feel like those are two things that really stood out to them, just from a standpoint from Bergeron, was the fact that hey. This guy is super athletic, and he's a guy that doesn't mind uh, mixing it up just a little bit. And I think this this left guard spot is is super important because here's why. Last year they were one of the top, um, one of the top team. I think third in rushing last year, and we know Arthur Smith wants to be able to run the football. However, there have to be. They're going to have to be able to take advantage of some serious play action. And those guys, in order for them to continue to be one of the top rushing teams in the NFL, Virgil Ron's going to have to get his, get his act together. He's going to have to adjust really quickly because once those pads come on and within a couple of weeks or so, that's kind of where we are right now, guys. I think the Falcons, we are – Officially 14 days out. So, yeah, we're exactly two weeks away until the Falcons report for camp. So, once though, they're not going to put the pads on uh, initially. But, you know, you got to get the adjustment period, you know, all that stuff and get checked in and everything. But once they put those pads on, that's when that clock is going to start. And Bergeron is going to have to have his stuff together in order to be in the conversation to be the starter uh, for that left guard spot. Because Arthur Smith – is the type of guy that he's not going to give him that spot if he hasn't earned it. And he's going to be really comfortable putting Hennessy in that, that, that starting spot. And if Hennessy is in that starting spot, the Falcons drafted the wrong guy. That's just how I feel. I really feel like that they drafted the wrong guy if he's – if, if Bergeron isn't the starter in game one, because that's what you brought him in for. And Hennessy is a guy that hasn't really established himself as a starter. He can be a guy that's a solid rotational guy, and that's okay. You know, for a mid-round draft pick, that's okay. That's kind of like, you know, where you should be. If you're drafting in the third or fourth round like that, doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to be a starter, but if you can be a solid contributor, a solid rotational guy, a guy who can come in, you know, if Dalman gets hurt or or if Chris, God forbid, Chris Lister gets hurt or something like that, that's what you, that's what he's for. That's what he should be for. But Bergeron is a guy that he, coming in is going to be uber important for him to hit the ground running because once those pads come on. It's going to be a lot of questions being answered um, as they ramp up to that first uh, preseason game because this is a very important season for this regime. 
Arthur Smith is going to his third year as the head coach of this team. There are no longer any excuses about money and, and, and guys on one-year deals and a whole bunch of guys who are trying to prove themselves and prove that they belong in the NFL. None of that. All, all those days are gone. Like you got – you have a David Onyemata, you have a Grady Jarrett, you have a Calais Campbell, you have a Bud Dupree, you have Arna Abbey coming into his second year now. All those guys that I named are guys who should be strong contributors to rushing the passer and getting home and playing good defense. So I think that Arthur Smith isn't going to take any chances on waiting for a rookie to, to come along and try to figure it out. I just don't see that happening. If Bergeron isn't ready – Hennessy will be the starter. So don't be too quick to say, hey, Bergeron's a starter and that's what it is. Nah. If he doesn't do what he's supposed to do once training camp comes in, Hennessy will be the starter. I wholeheartedly guarantee that. He will be the starter if Bergeron isn't ready. Now, all the people who are I know are ready are our everydayers. They rock with us each and every day. That's what we call our everydayers, and we appreciate you guys for rocking with ATL Day 1s Monday through Friday. And absolutely, if you aren't rocking with us each and every day, what the hell are you waiting on? Come on now. Come on, join the party. Join the cool kids. Because, hey, we're doing some good stuff right here on Lockdown Sports Atlanta. This is For the Culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get down on the show today. It's no different. When you think about Kevin Hart, guys, y'all listen up, man. Because this dude has been doing absolutely an amazing job as being probably being one of the better comedians of this era, right? Well, let me not say better. Let me say accomplished. Kevin Hart is one of the more accomplished comedians of this era. When you think about what he's been able to do with all the movies and just comedy specials and being all over the world and touring and, and just really just taking advantage of the opportunities he's been given as a, a up and coming a comic. And he's not up and coming, but he's a guy that, you know, his name rings around the world. Like he's a very well known comic and I think that what he's doing now is the fact that he's bringing back BT Comic View and they're going to start they started recording over the weekend as far as um to kind of celebrate his uh his birthday they started recording already and then they're going to get some dates together to start um back recording BT Comic View when you think about Comic View though like that was one of the things Though, you know, a lot of people talk about Def Comedy Jam and all that stuff. Yeah, I caught Def, Def Comedy Jam. But for me, as the, the generation that, that I'm a part of, that I grew up on, BET Comic View was it. Because when you're talking about Don D.C. Curry, if you need help, you just need help. Don D.C. Curry, that was my absolute guy. He was the host of that thing. And when you think about all the young comedians coming up and getting the opportunity to be on a national stage and, and specifically on BET and, and being young African-American comedians, it was just so cool to see so many people come through there because, you know, let me just tell y'all, man, I don't know if y'all, y'all know about this comedian. Some more, Whew, man, I used to have such a, um, I used to admire her work a lot when, 
watching Common View and BET back in the day. Um, she's an amazing talent, and uh, I really feel like she's very marketable. You know, she was you know, one of my favorite uh, comedians. See how my voice changed? You know, that's how you know I'm serious. You know, because Samora was an absolute excellent um, uh, comedian, and I really feel like she took advantage of her opportunities once she got a chance to, you know, be on BET and host as well. And another another comedian that I thought was like, super funny, and it was a very big deal when he became the host of Common View. You probably know who I'm about to say. It's Gary Owen. <laughs> this dude from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I got a chance to live up uh, in Cincinnati, so I, I think it, it was kind of cool when I got up there because I was like, hey, this is where Gary Owen is from, you know? And making sure you say it without the S because, you know, he gets a little upset when people add the S into his name. And I get it. And I understand, hey, my name is my name. So don't add S's to my name. A lot of people like to add S's to to grocery stores and and, 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 and certain gas stations. Like, you know, going up to the QT's. Up there. QT's? Wait a minute. Or I'm going to the Kroger's. What is Kroger's? It's not Kroger's. It's Kroger or the Publix. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. Where the S come? Why you got that snake in your throat? Yeah, you need to chill out. But yeah, um, um, but yeah, Gary Owens is Gary Owens. Excuse me, I just added S to his name. Gary Owens is is a guy that when he was became the host of the show, obviously it was something that was very interesting, and there was an elephant in the room, and I can remember him kind of talking about how. You know, he's, he's a white guy, you know, hosting BET Coming View. You know, BET stands for Black Entertainment. So, you know, we could be a little rough as a crowd. So for him to come in and, and absolutely kill it like he did, I, I think it, it was an excellent thing. But, but Kevin Hart, um, shout out to him for, for just being a pioneer um, in, in this, this comedy game and bringing back something and, and partnering with the network to – bring back something that really helped out a lot of young struggling comedians. A lot of comedians came through Common View and were able to take advantage and blow up. Um, that was such a good show for Miss Laura, you know, when she used to be on there and Cedric the Entertainer, when he used to be on there, DL Hughley, when he used to host, oh my goodness, that dude used to get on there and just roast everybody. So, so shout out to Kevin Hart. Um, he's doing his thing. He's back. And um, keep doing what you're doing because Kevin Hart making moves. He's he's providing a platform for the guys that, you know, that are up and coming and, and need that platform to be able to say, hey, I'm funny, too. And, and shout out to Kevin Hart for absolutely doing just that. Hey, guys, that's about it. I want to thank you for making ATL Day 1's your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. And also, I want to give some love to our everydayers. Thank you guys for rocking with us Monday through Friday. If you're an everyday, go ahead and drop it in the comment box. Or just leave us a five-star review wherever you download your podcast and say in the review, you know, hey, we love you. We love the show. Jarvis and Tanisha, you're the best. And then at the end, just put every day right there. Just drop it right in it. But there, just to let everybody know you part of the cool club. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. Y'all y'all know how we get down on this show. Really appreciate you guys. And speaking of love, if you don't do anything for the rest of the day, make sure, make sure, make sure that you first share love, 
show love, and most importantly, spread some love out here. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.